Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Waters, former Commissioner Paul Tagliabu, NFL Commissioner Paul Tagliabu with us on 365 Sports in Vegas. Super Bowl 58, the Chiefs and 49ers uh, inside the Mandalay Bay. Commissioner Tagliabu, first of all, it's an honor to have you on the show today. Uh, Vet the vote veterans and also tackling the election volunteer crisis. How did you get involved in this particular uh, promotion and campaign? Well, I, I learned, uh, you know, quite a few years ago that the NFL had its own uh, voting uh, initiative. The teams were emphasizing the importance of voting as citizens, not just in the stadium and, and local events, but on network television. And then uh, when, when Vet the Vote, when we the veterans, it was organized four or five years ago. I heard about it from Troy Vincent and others at the NFL. And I, I was able to engage a friend of mine, General George Casey, who was mm-hmm. the chief of staff of the U.S. Army at, at one point. And so George and I have been very pleased to have the opportunity to be volunteers in an organization which does amazing things. And, you know, we the veterans have emphasized in trying to raise awareness of the importance of voting but not just the importance of voting, the importance of having trained people and, and, and adequate numbers of people to serve as poll workers on election day. And their goal uh, this year is to increase from 65,000 to 120,000 veterans or veteran families who will be volunteering in 2024 as poll workers and, and poll watchers. Well, and, and one of the things is, and I'm sure people watching and listening right now will know that when you go to vote, um, the election workers in most places are senior citizens are older people. So when they, you know, either, you know, can't do it or are not available to do it, you know, that's, you know, you're, you're not using a population that's that's, you know, readily available. We do need younger election workers, people who can do this for a long time and and, and have experience in it, don't we? Well, that's, that's certainly a part of it, but we need, we need vote. We need more voters in America at all levels, you know, and particularly among young people. Uh, we don't we don't fare well compared to other developed societies, democratic societies, in terms of voter turnout. It's somewhere, you know, in the mid 60s, I think, in terms of percentage of the voters among the total population. Other countries are in the mid 80s and mid 90s. So it's not just the poll workers, but I think with, when veterans agree to do something as they do with this program, We the Veterans, the public takes notice because many members of the public have served in the military, but they have respect for, for the patriotism and the, and the values of veterans. And so when a veteran speaks, I think it brings great credibility to the cause and emphasizes to people that they should be involved as well. Commissioner, the NFL has been very heavily involved in the military, all the uh, various branches. How important was that when you were there to make sure that that got even uh, uh, in, more involved with, with the various veterans and military uh, within the NFL? 
Well, you know, it, it goes back to my predecessor. You mentioned Pete Rozelle. He, he certainly began the relationship with the USO and other veteran or, veterans organizations during the war in Vietnam. But uh, we, we tried to make it a priority. I think we succeeded in that. And, and not just uh, in, in, in words, but with actions and people visiting veterans in hospitals and at schools and servicemen and women in, in Europe and the Mideast. So I, I think the league has done well, but it, it takes every citizen to make democracy work the way it should work. And as you pointed out, things can happen like the pandemic, which make it difficult for older people and people who have some medical risk to serve as volunteers. And what we the veterans is doing is trying to ensure that there's a, a well-trained and capable force of both volunteer forward in 2024. What do you think the next wave of the NFL is as far as growing their, their footprint around the world? I mean, we heard yesterday the, the Eagles are going to open the regular season in Brazil. Um, there are do – you, do you envision a day where there's a team that's not um, in, in the 50 states? I would think so. Uh, you know, whether it's a member of the NFL or whether it's a uh, an affiliated league, uh, you know uh, – the way, the way soccer has grown globally, it's not just one organization, there are multiple organizations. And I can see that the NFL will be the leader and the inspiration and in the, in the, uh, plowing new ground around the globe with, with local partners. But so many of the players uh, from around the world are competing at levels of college football in the NFL. I think it's inevitable. It's just a question of how, how much time will it take. Commissioner Tagliabue with us on 365 Sports. So you are... The commissioner is hired by the owners, and yet you have to sometimes make sure they're in their place or they are, um, you know, their consequences or whatever. What was that like dealing with their egos? They hired you, and yet you had to do what was best for the National Football League overall. Well, I think it works because uh, it's written in the Constitution and bylaws that the commissioner has that authority. But more importantly than that, the owners as a group understand that the commissioner has to do that job and that it's not an easy job to do. So when, when you are making a decision, you can, can enlist the support of, of the owners as, as a group. And so whether you're disciplining one owner or two or three for some reason, or one player or two or three for some reason, the overwhelming majority of owners will be supporting what the commissioner has to say. And I remember instances where someone would say, well, you're, you're only the commission and, and, and you work for us. And 10 or 15 owners would shout out and say, that's not the case. We work for him or, or, or we all work for each other. So I think it's that we're in this together. Think league first. And that's been a big part of the success of the NFL over the decades. And it continues to be part of the success today. So, so whether it's Peter Rozelle, me or Roger Goodell, you, you, your authority is, is strong because you have support of owners as, as a group. We've covered the Cowboys uh, for a very long time, and you were the commissioner when Jerry Jones, um, you know, started basically started his run, uh, owning the Cowboys and doing that. And he was, um, I guess, now in the the modern, um, 
you know, business vernacular, they call him like a disruptor. He was uh, trying to do different things that the league hadn't done from what you just said, if we're all in, the, in this together, when you have an owner that was trying different things and, and very bombastic and, and, you know, Jerry, you know, really has a, you know, a big ego. And uh, how did, how was that to navigate? Like, these are good ideas that he has. We can apply other places, but also doing it for the good of the league to where everybody's not kind of up in arms. Well, I think, you know, I think Jerry was an innovator and a good one. And uh, he also was clear uh, when he was uh, seeking things that, that would change the ground rules, so to speak, in terms of the economic relationship among the teams. So I think the one reason Jerry was successful in, in producing innovation in various areas was because he was clear about what his goals were, but he was also clear about how to achieve those goals. The, the real disruptor is the person who has a, an out-of-the-box idea but has no expectation or no idea as to how to make it real and make it work for everybody, not just for a few people. Commissioner, uh, when you look at your career, you're now part of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. It took long, a, a lot longer than most people thought for you to be inducted, but you are a part of the Hall of Fame. What did that mean to you? And and I know that there was a delay there because a lot of people would look back at the concussion issue and all that, but you also were part of the Rooney Rule. You also became came up with a substance abuse policy. In the end, was that day a special and and did you did it bother you that it took as long as it did for you to be enshrined, so to speak? It didn't bother me as, as, an, as an individual. What bothered me was that I thought that our staff, the entire league, all the staff, the NFL network people, uh, the club people, you know, you're only as good as the 32 teams or the 28 teams are good. So I felt that we had accomplished a lot as a group. And, and to some extent, it was unfair and inexplicable to have the league office staff, which included, you know, Roger Goodell at that time and other very talented people, Steve Bornstein, Val Pinchbeck, you know, some of that, Greg Aiello. They, they deserve the recognition, and I think that was accomplished by the commissioner being into the Hall of Fame. Back to vet the vote, which is a great uh, deal, to get more voters to also have more people who can help with the voting process itself. When when they came to you and when you were a part of this, what was what does that mean to you to be a part of this with the election cycle coming up, of course, later on this year? Well, for me, it was you know really critically important because I grew up in a family where voting was taken very seriously. I grew up in New Jersey, and New Jersey, New York area, immigrant Italian family. And, and, and they appreciated the opportunity to be living in America. And, 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 and that appreciation was trans, translated into voting. You know, if, if, you didn't, if you were an adult in our neighborhood and you didn't vote, uh, you were criticized publicly by the neighbors. And they couldn't understand why you could take advantage of the society we have and the freedoms we have without participating in voting. So that goes back to my time as kids. But today we, we, we see the issues in some ways are more contentious than ever, at least the way they're presented to the public are more contentious than ever because there are networks and organizations that speak from one one perspective without recognizing other perspectives. So I think for the, for the NFL to have the opportunity with we the veterans and with other organizations and with the teams, you know, not just to get people out to vote, but to use stadiums as voting places, which was done in, in 2020. It's going to be done again in 2024. So Roger and his people have done 
the commission's job in this space, and we've only enhanced the impact of the NFL by partnering with We Veterans, and hopefully enhance their impact because they have tremendous, tremendous values and things that should be supported by society. General George Casey, U.S. Army retired again, Army Chief of Staff Ben Kaiser. Uh, we, the veterans and military families, and Neil Nathan, co-founder of We, the veterans and military families, and Hall of Fame, uh, Hall of Famer Paul Tagliabue, former NFL commissioner today, vet the votes. Veterans and NFL tackle the election volunteer crisis and get out and vote election year 2024. Commissioner, thank you very much for your time and have a great rest of your day. Thank you very much. Sir, that's Paul Tagliabue, commissioner of the NFL on 365 Sports in Vegas. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.